If this is a good time, we do it. If not, we could just do it tomorrow or some other. We thing. could also just keep talking about it until we run out of time, and then. <laughs> Damn it! Called me out. <laughs> All right. Mm. Cue the cue the music, Jake. There it goes. Welcome to Super Superstitious, the comedy podcast about the science behind the spooky and the strange. I'm Jake. I'm Wyatt, and Jake and I work together to combine our backgrounds in biology and friendship to figure out just what the heck's going on with this weird world we live in. But today is the start of a very special month. Not really the start of it, but the start of a special thing we do in this month. <laughs> anyway, it's a thing we've done a couple times. It's a March, uh, it's a March thing, Mar madness thing. Have we done it a couple times? I only remember doing it once. We did it once and lost our minds. Then we did it three or four years later once, and now we we're doing did. It. Have we been doing this show that long, Jake? We've been doing the show since uh, fall of 2017. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Anyway, we normally talk about a topic that we kind of break down using science and stuff to uh, better understand what might be going on with the weirdness of it. But then in the month of March, every once in a, a while, <laughs> we do a tournament <laughs> every of Every some marches. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sometimes we break out. So we have this machine. We've talked about it every episode for a while now. It's called the NCAA. Uh, we have You've a, heard about it. Yeah. You've smelled it. <laughs> It has an add-on we use every episode called the pander function, which we'll get into later. Uh, it's really totally an ancillary function. Its main function is really the source of its name. The NCAA stands for what, Wyatt? The Nominal Cult's Antagonism Association Analyzer. This, of course, is an arcane computer that we half-built, half-summoned some years ago for this purpose. We, you know, bent reality to our will simply <laughs> to have this device pair off cults that are summoned into the NCAA device's core, where they then exist trapped for a duration set by us, mm -hmm. uh, iteratively living and dying again and again until one of them emerges triumphant. This is our way of saying we're doing a March Madness bracket, single elimination <laughs> tournament thing using cults, and this is how we make them compete. This is a special installation of this, though, because uh, instead of doing it all in one episode, uh, we're doing a full proper, like, full-size tournament thing with 32 uh, different cults going head-to-head -head over time. We teased this the very first time we did this, that some of the, the top teams might go on to compete in the World Championship Cult Whoop-Off, the WCCW. Um, this is that. Yep. <laughs> Each week we'll cover a little bit more of the overall uh, competition. We're going to start with uh, one region this week. Do another region next week. We'll get through each of the divisions. And then finally, we'll have the finals by the end of this month of March. And you, the listener, you can play along as well. You can play along. So we'll have a link in our bio. Um, in our bio. We'll have a link in the description of this episode. <laughs> you can fill out your own bracket uh, on our website for chance to win some swag. 
we will have been advertising this before this episode came out so you could do it before we actually do it yeah uh, since we are now doing it we ideally have you pause now and then fill out the bracket and then listen to the rest so you don't hear the results of this first part but for this one yeah. episode we will we'll go no on cheaters. the honor system it's totally fine so we will fire up the NCAA for this particular uh it's it's intended function shortly uh, and then later on, we'll turn on the, uh, for whatever reason, much louder function that we've added on for the Patreon thing that we'll exactly. talk about as it's we go. subroutine, the pander function. But before we do any of that, we do have to uh, mention that all of this tournament is brought to you by Four, Four Phantoms. Phantoms. That's right. It is the grooviest brewery in Western Massachusetts, which I think we can all do it together famously using... Big taste for monster amplifier, use, and time to make a particular brand of fermented refreshment that we can only refer to as beer. beer. Yes, four phantoms, a simply delightful drink, no matter which beer you pick. Golden Axe, Tormentor, uh, which called IPA. I can tell just by looking at the labels now. Uh, I forget this one though. <laughs> <laughs> the reminder. That's ironic, isn't it? <laughs> that is. <laughs> a raspberry chocolate milk stout. The one with the creepy fairy on it. That's kind of cool. The one with the guy with the flip flops, Johnny flip flops, the biker one <laughs> called Cooper Lane Lager. So many good drinks to try. You should go to the tavern. They have a lot of fun events upcoming. As we mentioned in the previous episode, if you missed curling at the tavern, <laughs> tavern curling goes on all month at 4 p.m. on Saturdays. <laughs> Uh, Monday night d and I'm crashing their shit. There will be a beer brunch on the 12th at 12 p.m. Uh, there's a trivia night every Thursday at 6.30 p.m. And then there will be a book club from 4 p.m. to 5 p.m. on Sunday. Hopefully, I'm not blowing up anyone's spot, but check it out. Lots of good, fun times to be had. Many delicious beers to be consumed. And if all else fails, look for those same beers at uh, your beer mongers in the greater New England area. Indeed. And nowhere else. <laughs> so thank you so very much for Phantoms. Thank you. Uh, we love you. Now, what would we define as a cult in this case? Often they're called a new religious movement. We're doing this for it's a big old like sporting event variation thing. It's meant to just be fun. So yes, these are in many cases meant to be genuine religious movements. We don't mean to make light of people's beliefs, but we have tried to aim for the ones that are most, uh, you know, fringe-ish, strange-ish, or just downright dangerous and bad. Yeah, exactly. We we want to give you a tour of ways that people have chosen to live their lives. In no way are we trying to belittle or dismiss a person's personal preference. But in some cases, uh, you know, we'll make our own opinions heard as far as <laughs> some of these <laughs> collectives, uh, which are, in our own opinions pretty bad <laughs> and uh, as we jump through all of this before we put them into the machine and pit them against each other for the different amount of times we will decide upon as we go uh we'll be uh, sharing some similar pieces of information about each to give all of us a general rundown of what we can expect what does include what so we will give you a brief overview of the group's origins their overarching core beliefs a few of their major practices or defining features how many members there are, and what they call themselves. And then, as they are about to enter the NC AAA device, to sort of duke it out for between one and, I mean, pretty much infinity minus one years. <laughs> uh, Jake, what are we going to list off for each? 
We'll, uh, we'll just give a quick look at the uh, their strongest offensive move, uh, their best defensive maneuver, and uh, any notable wild card traits or abilities that might be of interest going into the competition. Things that'll spice it up. Mm-hmm. So with that in mind, I think we can get started with round one. Beginning with the World Division of Cults. We are beginning the World Division with a, a matchup. The number one seed here, a returning champ from our very first cult tournament, Ralism, which I've never been totally positive how to say correctly, Yep, uh, comes from French former race car driver and car journalist Claude Voilon, which is also a French name that I'm also not sure I'm pronouncing correctly. It's a great cult for pronouncing things. Yeah. <laughs> uh, his 1974 book, The Book Which Tells the Truth, and the 1975 sequel, Extraterrestrials Took Me to Their Planet, really lays it all out, basically just kind of using the titles alone that gives you the, the gist. Um, yep. <laughs> but the long story short, alien beings have given him knowledge of the origins of all major religions and convinced him to change his name to Ryle. Uh, for an example of such a rendezvous in October 7th, 1975, when he was abducted and taken to have meals with Jesus, Buddha, and other religious figures. That's a pretty good example of his experiences. Um, and according to royalists, all major religious figures and prophets are secretly members of one particular alien race that has visited Earth multiple times in the past. Mm. And from there is basically some intelligent design stuff. Mm-hmm. Some major practices or defining features of this particular group involves revering the Elohim, which is their name for the alien race in question. It also involves seeking to understand their true nature and intent for us humans. Oh. A lot of Rawlis' beliefs reflect sex-positive feminism. Ooh. They're also pro-GMO and nanotechnology and anti-war. Uh, our use of the atom bomb in World War II means that humankind is now living in a critical period of potential apocalypse, and it's mm. up to us to make the right choices so that we can instead move t- uh, forward into an age of enlightenment and fucking. <laughs> so they'll be going up against Nexium. That's N X I V M, which is a multi level marketing company and self help organization that was founded in 1998 by Keith Rainier and Nancy Salzman. The organization marketed itself as a personal and professional development program that offered courses and training to improve individuals' per- personal and professional lives. Mm-hmm. The core belief of Nexium was a mix of self-help and New Age spirituality with Rainier, promoting the idea of personal growth and self-improvement through his teachings. He claimed to have developed a unique methodology for personal development that combined aspects of psychology, philosophy, and spirituality. A couple major practices of Nexium are intensive training sessions, where members of Nexium were encouraged to attend intensive training sessions, which should last for several days and were designed to break down their defenses oh and boy. create a sense of vulnerability. These uh, members were subjected to psychological manipulation and pressure to conform to the group's beliefs and practices. Practices including their secret society. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Nexium had a secret society within the organization called DOS, which stood for Dominus Obsequious uh, Sororium, which was exclusively for women, but not in a good way. DOS operated mm. as a pyramid scheme with members recruiting others to join and then pressuring them to perform sexual acts and provide collateral, such as explicit photos or damaging information, as a way of ensuring their loyalty. So, mm. super cool. So, two kind of different approaches to uh, sex positive feminism question mark yeah yeah sex positive i guess can mean different things 
Jake, how many members were there in Rahelism? Uh, not totally clear because they they will claim more than they probably have, but uh, probably there are around a hundred thousand Rahelians out there in the world at this at this current time. Wow, Rahelians, interesting. Mm-hmm. There are estimated to have been several thousand members of Nexium at its peak, and depending on their rank within Nexium, they called themselves Nexians, ESPNs, DOS slaves, Vanguardians, oh and then there was one person who went just by Jeunesse. <laughs> so I know these guys are about to march into the NCAA device for... I think we were saying between 400 and 6,000 years. Something like that would be good for this first round, yeah. Um, what can we expect from Rahelism? Well, their strongest offensive move, in this case, might be human cloning. That could give them a pretty good strength uh, of number situation. Yes. Uh, their best defensive maneuver is what's called sensual meditation. Ooh. And a notable wild card trait or ability is uh, a series of extraterrestrial embassies that uh, Rylists have set up all around. Very interesting. I wonder how that'll play uh, <laughs> within within the NCAA. <laughs> so for Nexium, we can expect, I think, one of their strongest offensive moves will be emotional manipulation. Their opponents will be subjected to guilt, shame, and fear to control their behavior. <laughs> I think one of their best offensive maneuvers will be a rigid, rigid hierarchy uh, so with members and opponents being required to progress through different levels within the organization while paying large amounts of money for the privilege. Mm-hmm. So I think it's going to be very hard for anyone to get at Keith Rainier at the top of the pile. Mm-hmm. And I believe their wild card trait or ability is going to be deep ideological indoctrination, which allows many Nexium members to express a kind of group think mentality, which could really throw a wrench into uh, their opponent's plans. So I think with that <laughs> said, should we... Should we kick this bad boy off? Let's get him in there. See what happens with this first competition. Dial it up to 6,000. <laughs> oh, and it looks like it is the wow. Rallists who are moving on. Very exciting. Yes. Man. Not a surprise. They were our very first champions in the very first competition we had. They're coming in strong. They are coming in strong. Well, very well done. Rialism. We will now uh, check out our next pairing. Who have we got here? Next up, we have the People's Temple versus Happy Science. Happy Science. So the People's Temple, two words, Jim Jones. Oh, boy. Yeah. He started the People's Temple in Indianapolis in 1955 as more or less a Christian revivalist kind of situation with some elements of socialism thrown in there for good measure. Um, But he had a strong interest in plenty of historical figures that are maybe remembered for doing not exclusively good stuff. Folks like Mao, uh, Stalin, Hitler, you know, might be a red flag in there somewhere. Maybe. The group uh, formed a lot of ties with left-leaning political figures and had a strong belief in racial equality. So they must have been good guys, right? Mm. Uh, some, Some major practices and defining features that have gone on here. Faith healing has always been a pretty popular and exciting thing. Um, at different revivalist type of uh, meetings and stuff like that. Uh, Jones and other members of the People's Temple recognized this, so they would deliberately fake their own um, faith healings to generate income and increase faith. They would sometimes have like chicken giblets and stuff. Oh, this is like the cancerous material we removed from this person to save them, like just holding up stuff. Mm -hmm. Really got involved with the the props and stuff to try and uh, just bolster their, their numbers and their monies. 
They wanted to use this income to further their social goals. Again, equality, communism adjacent ideologies, etc. So, yeah, it seems like it's all good stuff, right? Tell me a little bit more about uh, Happy Science. Happy Science. It's all in a name, am I right? It's a spiritual and religious organization that was founded in Japan in 1986 by Ryuho Akawa. Organization is based on Okawa's teachings, which he claims were inspired by the Buddha, Jesus, and other spiritual leaders. Running theme. Core belief of happy science is that all human beings have the potential to become enlightened and achieve Mm. spiritual growth through the practice of the organization's teachings. There are a few major practices, which include, as you might expect, spiritual teachings. So combining Eastern and Western spiritual teachings, including, as I mentioned before, Buddhism, Christianity, and Confucianism, really emphasizing the importance of self-reflection and personal growth. And meditation and prayer, the natural companion. So happy science teaches various forms of both as a way of achieving spiritual growth and enlightenment. Uh, Members are encouraged to meditate regularly and to use prayer as a way of connecting with the divine. Doesn't sound so bad just yet. Yeah, they even made some really weird anime you can check out. Oh, I did not know that. <laughs> it's a strange thing, but uh, yeah, sounds good. Sounds sounds happy to me. I tell you what. Uh, how many members and what do they call themselves for the old People's Temple? Uh, they just call themselves members of the People's Temple, I think, mainly. And they uh, they had probably about, they claimed at least 20,000 members uh, at their height. Wow. Probably it was more like three to 5,000. And again, this is at their height. They uh, right. They kept building their forces up eventually uh had a lot of clashes with u.s government stuff and they they ended up moving to the country of guiana and establishing a settlement called jonestown there um so Uh, i think after they were done with there there were slightly fewer members than there were to start with but i will i don't know (laughs) just slightly yeah similar story for happy science only it claims to have millions of members worldwide but they similarly call themselves members So what can we expect from the People's Temple going into this NCAA device? The cult's strongest offensive move would be offering you a refreshing glass of flavor aid. Ah, yes. <laughs> defense, Who could defense, resist? Yeah. Their best defensive maneuver is, uh, like I said, uprooting to move to Guyana and creating a whole community that the mm-hmm. U.S. government can mm-hmm. control. Mm-hmm. And a uh, notable wildcard trait or ability imprisoning misbehaving members in a six by four by three foot plywood box and are forcing children to spend the night at the bottom of a well sometimes upside down ah interesting i wonder how that'll play yeah uh for happy science we're looking at their strongest defensive move as a peaceful at oneness with the cosmos i think their best defensive maneuver will be peaceful at oneness with the cosmos and a notable wild card trait or ability we're looking at a publishing and media effort. They have their own publishing and media operations, including a magazine, books, and films. That's the anime. So this is probably getting towards this anime. Yep. Uh, so who knows how they might use these to their advantage. Yeah, so let's go ahead and uh, lock them in there for, what did we say, 6,000 years? Um, I was thinking maybe just about seven years for this one. Okay, cool. Let's put them in seven years and... Look at that. Wow. It is happy, happy science. science. A shame that all of the members of People's Temple did decide to drink that flavor aid so early on in the competition, but uh, that's just the way the... I think they NC wanted to AAA stay as well hydrated for this competition as they could. Makes sense. Um, a tragedy, to be sure. So next up, we have a round that sees the Order of the Solar Temple coming up against Murderinos. Yes, indeed. <laughs> Let's take a look at the Order of the Solar Temple first. 
This was a secret society and religious cult that was founded in Geneva, Switzerland in 1984 by Luc Jure and Joseph de Mambro. Mm. The organization also had branches in France and, France and Canada. French. France is in French. Uh, the overarching belief of the Order of the Solar Temple was a mix of Christianity, New Age, spirituality, and apocalypticism, mm -hmm. like any good self-respecting group. Mm -hmm. uh, the group believed that humanity was facing a spiritual crisis and that the world was on the brink of a catastrophic event such as a global war or natural disaster. Members of the group naturally believed that they were part of a spiritual elite who would survive this coming apocalypse and establish a new world order. Mm -hmm. Sounds like, uh, you know, pretty par for the course. Indeed. This included a few major practices such as violence and suicide. Mm -hmm. The Order of the Solar Temple was associated with a number of violent incidents and mass suicides, including the deaths of 53 people in Switzerland and Canada in 1994 and 1995. Members were encouraged to sacrifice their lives as a way of achieving spiritual transcendence and joining the group spiritual elite. Yeehaw. Uh, yeah. What can we expect from the Murderinos? Sure. So this, uh, this group was founded in 2016 by Karen Kilgariff and Georgia Hardstark after the two met at a party the previous year and bonded over Kilgariff's description of a horrific car accident she had witnessed. Ooh. She realized that they could join forces and proselytize about death and how fun it is when it's somebody else's. <laughs> They began weekly sermons that quickly reached tens of millions of people every month. Mm. Uh, some major practices and defining features here. You know, worshipping its founders, uh, obsessing over the goriest possible details about the ending of other people's lives, and being white, I think? Mm. Not totally clear. Uh, how many members were or are there in the Order of the Solar Temple? The Order of the Solar Temple had maybe only a few hundred members who oh. called themselves brothers and sisters. Because, of course, they did. Uh, how about the Murderinos? By my estimates, there are approximately 100 billion Murderinos in the world to date. Astounding. <laughs> um, so, what are we going to see from this 100 billion Murderinos? <laughs> what, are we, what are they going to be doing in there? Well, the cult's strongest offensive move uh, is, I'm sorry. <laughs> Best defense, of course, is staying sexy, not getting murdered. A uh, notable wildcard trait or ability is they have all the ad money in the world. Just a little bit of, of fun, direct context for us. When we were looking to run an ad on another show a little while back, it would have cost us $15,300 for a 20-second pre-roll on My Favorite Murder or $21,250 for a 60-second mid-roll in 2018. Wow. We... How about, how about uh, your group over there? Order of the Solar Temple, we're looking at their strongest offensive move as inducing and surviving the apocalypse. Uh, their it's best a pretty good one. Maneuver. It's a pretty good one, yeah. <laughs> um, is self-destruction. Uh, you really can't win if they're already dead. And I think a notable wild card here is going to be their complex system of initiation and levels of membership. As <laughs> only those with higher access, that includes their opponents, will be privy to the secret knowledge. There you go. Well, let's whatever let's that go knowledge ahead. may do. <laughs> right. <laughs> let's go ahead and pop them in the old NCAA for oh, what do you think? About hmm, fifteen minutes. Fifteen minutes. Let's probably do it. And uh, let's. That's go fifteen ahead. of our minutes, am I right? <laughs> yeah, we have to actually sit here in real time and watch it happen for that time. <laughs> um, but through the power of editing, you'll get to see it happen immediately, right now. Oh, oh my God! Is it done? It is. Looks like it was. Order, Order of the, of the Solar, Solar Temple. Temple. Oh my god. Uh, sorry to see the Murderinos go out so fast. They were the number six seed. But, uh, you know, sorry guys. You're in a cult. Call your dad. 
Them's the brakes. Them is the brakes. Yep. Them's is. <laughs> we have one more pairing for the World Division Regionals here. Let's go ahead and jump into that now. What do we got, Wyatt? We have on one side Barstool Sports and on the other... Geikoslavia. Okie doke. So let me tell you just a little bit about Barstool Sports, <laughs> the digital media company. Oh, just a little bit. It's all we all we need. <laughs> <laughs> Founded in 2003 by David Portnoy in Boston, Massachusetts. Company began as a small sports blog, but has since expanded to cover a range of topics, including sports, pop culture, and lifestyle. The overarching core belief or core belief of Barstool Sports is by the common man for the common man. <laughs> and this includes such practices as totally hilarious and funny haha humor, um, irreverent and frankly bad jokes. Uh, company frequently uses profanity and off-color jokes and his content is often designed to shock or offend because we all love that mm -hmm. as well as bro culture uh barstool sports fosters a toxic bro culture that is objectively exclusionary to women and minority groups and uh they have content and branding often that play up stereotypical bro behaviors and attitudes <laughs> such as heavy drinking and partying <laughs> Well, they will be up against Geikoslavia, which was formed in 2009 or so, though it may have begun earlier. Not totally clear. That's when at least uh, awareness of this group started to gain wider uh, publicity. Uh, it involves the worship of a being that the members perceive as a goddess. So in their words, quote, she is the divine being, the most untouched and perfect sibling of the great God on earth. Why I love her? It's stupid question. How can't love the goddess? She is strict, cute optimistic and her level of technical knowledge is unachieved for a mortal being this is also from an online forum that was not very well translated from russian uh is she a big rat <laughs> we'll get there it's always nice to have a new religious movement in our ranks here that isn't just some guy making everybody worship him or in the case of barstool sports just uh, the general broiness there's a little bit more like, there's a lot of men in this one but at least there's you know they're respecting women it sounds like and it might be worth noting that the goddess in question is gadget hack ranch from disney's rescue rangers well <laughs> <laughs> how many oh, how many barstool sports are there barstool sports has a large and dedicated following with millions of fans across its various platforms and these fans may refer to themselves as stoolies which is a gross term that was originally used by founder david portnoy how about the other guys <laughs> While Geikoslavia may have certainly had you know, thousands of followers at the existence of their movement uh, for a while, it does seem as though the actual core membership of true believers may be somewhere around 40. Ah. That information is not necessarily up to date, so there could be even fewer now, or there could be a lot. They may have grown ranks. Hard to say for sure where we're at now. What are uh, some of the main maneuvers we can expect as we get into the competition proper? Yeah, from Barstool Sports, I think we're going to see uh, the production of heaps of content that will be totally approximately 12 years behind the times as their strongest <laughs> defensive move. I think their best defensive maneuver is going to be coiling inwards within a bubble of uh, toxic masculinity and an insistence on lunky knuckle-dragging as a form of unique <laughs> personality or social contribution and a notable wildcard trait. They apparently genuinely have over 20 million followers, so they're doing something uh how about geikoslavia you know they've got a few things going for them they they their main offensive move could be um you know being russian at you 
Um, their best defense probably is pointing out that it's just a cartoon mouse. So what's the harm in that? Don't think about it too much. Yeah. And a uh, notable wild card trait uh, they got going on is um, the construction of a possible portal to a dimension in which Gadget is real. Ooh, interesting. Yes, indeed. All right, let's pop them in there for how long do we think this particular competition is likely to take? This one's easily going to need a couple million years. All right, there we go. And... It is Geikoslavia, the cult wow. of Unreal. I guess those 40 guys really, really care about Gadget, gadget Hack Wrench. They sure do. So this does uh, conclude the World Division Regionals competition for our uh, WWCW. <laughs> Did I say that right? WWCW. There we go. <laughs> yes. Uh, with that concluded, before we begin the global division, I believe it's time to flip the switch on the NCAA device over to the pander um, function. <laughs> Looking for other words. <laughs> I'm tired of all my words. This is, of course, the inexplicably much louder um, add-on to this machine, which uh, allows us to tap into the dark ether and calculate which cryptid creature, creepy crawly thingamadoo each of our Patreon patrons personally needs to be on the lookout for. Let's plug it in. Plug it in the back of our skull so we can do that all tapping in thing. Oh, there we go. Feels nice. so good. And uh, we're going to focus first on Ricky, Ricky G, G of, of Eagle, Eagle Lake, Lake, Florida. <laughs> Ricky, watch out for Abnawayu. Abnawayu? Have we done this one already? Abnawayu. Abnawayu. So. Yes, we have. So. You are another person who needs to watch out for the Russian version of Sasquatch, also known as Sasquatch. Yeah. Almas, Almasti, that whole deal. And once again, you got to watch out for these 16 bit video game giant Sasquatches yes, all over. Yes, you are in the realm of uh, what is the game called? Ski Jumper? Uh, ski Free. Ski Free? <laughs> yes, the Abominable Snowman, and that is your worst enemy. I think we can yes. safely conclude. You'll be coasting along, doing minor, modest tricks, uh, skiing at a rate that is probably ill-advised. <laughs> and um, if you are so unfortunate as to encounter Abnaya, or Abnaya-Dayu? Abnaya-Dayu? Abnaya-Dayu. Uh, you will be snatched up. And eaten promptly. Your and then your ski poles over. will be used a little toothpick briefly. Before he yes, jumps around yes, yes. and celebrates your demise. That's now, correct. If you are unable to avoid this particular <laughs> scenario where you're going down this infinite mountain slope skiing as fast as you can and being chased by this creature, uh, you can stave off the inevitable by uh, going over one of those ski jumps and um, clicking <laughs> at the same time. You will get a little bit more air and you might actually <laughs> jump past him as he runs down the mountain. He'll, he'll, pass you by and have to make another lap back around before it can get you, buying you critical time to get away with your life. This is one of the features of these creatures. As ferocious as they are and unstoppable should they come into contact with you, unstoppable is perhaps the name of the game. They they have no ability to change their speed, <laughs> their direction. Until they have captured you. Until they have captured you. So, just bear that in mind. Um... And thank you so much for your support. Thank you very much, Ricky. We really appreciate it. Next, we're going to focus on 
Marlus B. of Deventer, Netherlands. Marlus, watch out for, out for types, types of, of yetis. yetis. <laughs> Any so, number of types are all going to be a tough. problem for you. Now, this likely includes the very same enemy of our friend Ricky here, who might also chase you down a mountain as you're skiing. Yes. But uh, that's not the only one you got to watch out for. And arguably one type for sure. Yes. There's also evidently a type that is only about three feet tall and one that is like a giant with a humongous log. Yep. Um, as Lauren Coleman observes, the possible presence of multiple types of Yeti are not widely known outside of cryptozoology, which both explains and contradicts the wide range of theories regarding Yeti's identity. Yes. <laughs> so, yes. <laughs> um, if... You should hear anyone ever mention Mete, Te Ima, or Zute. Uh, just get the fuck out. Yeah. You got your classic Yeti. You got your little Yeti. You got your... Mainland orangutans. Mainland orangutans, which is kind of orange Yeti. <laughs> uh, you've got your uh, giants, Ooh, really. Yeah. Sorry to hit you with the category, but we don't make the uh, decisions here. Uh, thank you so much for your support. Thank you so much, Marlus. And uh, thanks to all of our patrons for patronizing us on Patreon. If you too would like to have this same thing happen to you, uh, where we do the thing and <laughs> it tells you the stuff, uh, <laughs> all you gotta do is subscribe for the low, low price of five bucks a month, and you will get your patron thing calculated in the NCAA or by the patron, by the patron. My goodness that, gracious. That'll happen. You'll also get access to bonus content. You'll get uh, friggin' Discord Minisodes, access. outtakes. Yeah, Discord access. Uh, you'll get a, a beer glass that I'll mail you personally. We appreciate it. It really helps us keep the show going. It's a really, it's a really pretty much the most crucial part of how we're able to do this at all, especially <laughs> ridiculous elaborate stuff like what we're doing now. <laughs> exactly. If you want to hear us stumble through more elaborate gags, compose interesting deep dives, and generally just hang out with us. You know, a lot of folks, they have to pay the ultimate price, which is to become <laughs> people that we actually know and, and talk to in physical reality, uh -huh. which, trust me, is much harder than simply sending us $5 a month to, to get to hang out with us uh, mostly every week. <laughs> Sometimes just twice a month. Or a year. Who knows? Who anyway, knows? Anyway, Shit's about to get crazy. We appreciate support in general, and we should unplug these from our brains. Yes. Uh, the there we go. It's toasty. Yes. It's, it's wanting to get back to its original function. Let's switch the, uh, the uh, function back to its original function. I see yes. what you mean. It is tough to think of words that aren't function. Aside I know. From you see? It gets tiring. That's why does. I paused. I was like, the pander... So we're back to the main routine, the NCAA, <laughs> and we're moving into the global, the global division. division of the cosmic region. Indeed. Our first pairing is Branch Davidians versus... Pause for music. Oh, yes. Thank you. And our first... Uh, <laughs> Our first pair up is the Branch Davidians, the number one seed for this division against the number eight seed, Nuwabianism. Nuwabianism. Thank you. So I guess I'll tell us first a little bit about yeah, that. Yeah, what do we uh, got going on with those uh, bad seed, boys? Uh, we saw those before, I believe, in season one. We sure did. They uh, they got pretty far, and it wasn't great. <laughs> but oh, uh, boy. it started out with a, a group of... Uh, as, as a 
a breakoff sect <laughs> of a breakoff sect. Basically, we had the Davidians who broke right. off from Seventh Day Adventist Church, and then from there came uh, the Davidian Seventh Day Adventists. Um, started in 1955. Just like the person that is all in Waco, Texas, a lot of the good just series of divisions. Eventually, we lead to. Uh, they were looking for an apocalypse to happen. It didn't happen. People are disappointed. Some more splitting happened. One of those founders, Benjamin Roden, died in 1978. His wife, Lois, took over. They had a son, George, but she also had an affair with a guy named Vernon Howell. This is where the Branch Davidians really get going. Uh, Howell's mm-hmm. in his 20s, Lois in her 60s. Howell wanted to have a child with her that uh, could be the chosen one. That didn't happen. So, uh, yeah, she later died. And then the son she did have who was George, who was not the cho- chosen one because it wasn't his biological son. Uh, uh, they butted heads quite a bit, Howell and George. So that was a good time. Uh, flash forward to February 28th, <laughs> 1993, specifically. Howell is the spiritual leader of the Branch of Idians. He's changed his name to David Koresh. Uh, he's brainwashed uh, everyone yeah, into letting right. him impregnate uh, all the women in the group. Um, I guess looking for that chosen one. Um, he also might be abused the children. No, 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 not no clear. They got a whole bunch of illegal firearms and stuff. There's just a lot of things happen. Eventually, a, a standoff with the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms. They go to try and search the warrant, uh, search the compound with a warrant. Uh, instead, a siege happens. Um, a lot of people uh, shot. Yes. Things happen. Fires start from within the compound. Things go disastrously wrong. That is the main history you might be familiar with of the Branch Davidians. Just if you hear Waco, Texas, and you think the word cult, this is that. Boom. How about the Nuwabianism there? Nuwabianism is a spiritual movement that was founded in the United States in the 1970s by a man named Dwight York. Uh, movement has its roots in the black nationalist and pan-Africanist movements. It draws on a range of spiritual and cultural traditions from Africa and the Middle East. And their overarching core belief is that humanity is descended from extraterrestrial beings who came to Earth in ancient times. The movement teaches that these beings, who are known as the Anunnaki, were responsible for many of the ancient civilizations of the world, including those in Egypt and Mesopotamia. Seems a pretty uh, similar through line with a lot of our cults here. Indeed, indeed. So a few major practices include these extraterrestrial beliefs. They are all about these Anunnaki and community building. So they place a strong emphasis on activism and supporting the community (laughs) Uh, and they've been involved in various social and political causes over the years including efforts to promote african-american empowerment and to raise awareness about police brutality Mm. so not all bad yeah harmless sure in fact awesome (laughs) fantastic uh how many noabians are there there's estimated to be thousands of followers of the movement in the u.s and other countries and they refer to themselves as Nuwabians or members of the Ansaru Allah community. Uh-huh. How about at its height, the Branch Davidians? Well, at the time that stuff really went down, there were 85 Branch Davidians uh, at least in the compound, of which 76 died day of. Oh boy. And then after that, a federal grand jury indicted 12 of the surviving ones, which means I guess there were more Whoa. than 86. They double total, indicted. Charging them with aiding and abetting in murder of federal officers and lawful possession of, and use of firearms. Things like that. So not a lot left after that, but, uh, you know, they still managed to do a lot with uh, what they had. Wow. Um, what would we expect to see the Branch Davidians bring into the NCAA device today? Well, their best offensive move, of course, is going to be just so many guns. They So many guns. Um, best defense would be siege warfare. Mm. And their wild card, I'm going to just refer you back to the guns. Yeah. Uh, Nuwabians, 
So I'd say their best offensive move is all their controversies over the years, including allegations of child abuse, money laundering, and weapons mm. charges against their founder, Dwight York. Whew. They've also faced criticism from members of the African-American community who view its teachings as unorthodox or even heretical. Great. And their best defensive maneuver is that community building. (laughs) So raising that awareness, and I'd say their notable wild card is that they may somehow be right about the Anunnaki. I mean, given the number of similar things we've been hearing from different different groups so far today, it's very possible they all just have different names for the same real Ex- thing exactly yeah <laughs> if they all say it it must be true so let's, let's slap them in the there machine. shove yeah. them in and let's set it i'm going to say another cool 15 5 15,500 years yeah great okay then there they go and the french davidians oh gosh you hate to see it yeah they were but the they number are, one seed for a reason i was gonna say they they came out of the gate strong last time yep they know how to do this. Well, let's uh, ride that bad taste in our mouth a little farther. Our next pairing is the number two seed, QAnon That's right. versus oh, Lord. the number seven seed. Fiat Lux. Mm-hmm. What's the story on QAnon? <sighs> Why any of us really need to hear it, am I right? Popped up in American far-right politics in uh, 2017. Their core belief is that a cabal of satanic cannibalistic pedophiles operating a global child sex trafficking ring conspired against Donald Trump while he was president. Mm-hmm. This is uh, probably the majority of where most people have actually used the term cabal too, like ever. I Followers. believe it's cabal. Cabal? I'm just kidding. Okay. <laughs> I was like, I don't know if I've ever actually said it out loud myself. Oh, <laughs> no, you nailed it. Yeah, okay. cabal's right. Uh, followers of QAnon say that Trump secretly fought the cabal in question and would conduct mass arrests and executions on a day known as the storm. Oh boy. The cabal, of course, consists of Democrats, Hollywood, anyone who ever disagreed with Trump. Basically, that's the whole deal. The name comes from Q, an anonymous 4chan user who claims to be a high-level government official with Q clearance giving access to classified information involving Trump and his enemies. Mm. Some major practices include convincing people to shoot up pizza parlors, a heavy 4chan use and influence, oh, and yeah. just all the things that might make you or I sad in this day and age. Um, yeah. Another important practice is lots and lots of Q drops or revelations from Q that predict important un- upcoming events. Many of these have been proven to be extremely untrue, but that's all part of the plan, Wyatt. Why did you just call them Q-tips? That Man, that was right there the whole time. It was right there. <laughs> but uh, the untrue, like the totally fucked up predictions, they're part of the plan. Uh, quote, disinformation is necessary. Mm. So Fiat Lux, they were founded in 1980 by Swiss-born Erica Hedwig Birchinger Eich, <laughs> who wisely adopted the name Uriella. <laughs> there you go. And uh, yeah, according to its members... She receives divine messages from Jesus Christ as well as Mary, the mother of the Jesus. Exactly. They also believe that the apocalypse is coming and that alien ships will arrive to evacuate uh, adherents. Aha. Uh-huh. So, uh, how how many uh, how many of these fiat luxuses are there? Just around uh, about a couple, two, three thousand or so. All right. Um, split between dedicated followers and sympathizers. Aha. Uh-huh. <laughs> and a very upper tier inner circle. Wow. By comparison, um, there are, it sounds like, possibly up to 50 million people who are followers of QAnon. Which My is goodness gracious. Pretty depressing. 
And uh, I can I can safely say that their strongest offensive move would be uh, an armed takeover of the U.S. Capitol. Yeah, that's a good one. Defensive move, never admitting to being wrong, even when they are. So it's, oh, it's still part of the plan. And a uh, wild card trait or ability, I don't I don't care to look into it anymore. It's just oh god. Uh, how about how about the outlooks? Yeah, fair enough. I would say perhaps their strongest uh, offense would be. Their founder calling for the release of accused pedophile Beat Meyer. Oh. Uh, their best defensive move will be the fact that she passed away in 2019. <laughs> and their wild card, let's say their monastic lifestyle. Monastic. Monastic. I don't know how to talk anymore. <laughs> their monastic lifestyle, including scheduled prayer times and the wearing of white ceremonial robes. If you get robes involved, you got yourself a solid cult. I tell you what. So let's toss them in there i'd say let's give them 20 million years one for every single member of QAnon or whatever the fuck or 50 million or whatever <laughs> yeah, you said before 50, yeah. um and uh let's see what happens oh, oh no oh, no oh it is unfortunately QAnon. wow we're moving on to the next round oh boy the uh nc triple device not is lie. never wrong yep well, let's, uh, Next up, let's move on to another pairing. We've got the number three seed. We had these uh, these folks a couple years back. Lululemoneers oh versus the Church of All Worlds. Yes, indeed. So what are we going to see from the Lululemoneers as I wear my Lululemon pants right now? <laughs> Founded in 1998 in Vancouver, Lululemon is the primary provider for expensive cultural appropriation in North America. Oh, no. Uh, properly called Lululemon Athletica Inc. in all lowercase. It's the best place to spend absolutely all of your money on clothes you plan to sweat a whole lot in they they, they mainly provide yoga high-end yoga wear that's that's what i was getting at with the comment before but um to only the the bougiest among us lululemon has created a cycle of spending that acts much like a prayer wheel but powered by gentrification money wow i these were a gift <laughs> the church fall worlds or car is a neo-pagan religious organization that was founded in the United States in 1962. The group was inspired by Robert A. Heinlein's science fiction novel, Stranger in a Strange Land, which tells the story of a human raised by Martians who then comes to Earth and starts a movement called, you guessed it, the Church of All Worlds. The overarching core belief within the Church of All Worlds is the concept of water, tree, and stone. Ooh which represents the interconnectedness of all life on Earth. The group's spiritual practices are based on the principles of Gaia worship, which emphasize reverence for the Earth and all of its living beings. Mm -hmm. So a few major practices. Church of All Worlds has a range of rituals and ceremonies that are used to mark important occasions and to connect with the divine. These may include seasonal celebrations, rites of passage, and other events that are designed to bring members of the community together. Mm-hmm. Generally, being outside and just uh, getting down with nature. Can't hate that. Sounds pretty good to me. What um, what kind of numbers did they pull in? Uh, several hundred. <laughs> Looking at a few hundo uh, active members in the U.S. and other countries, they may refer to themselves as kites <laughs> or simply as followers of neo-paganism or earth-based spirituality. How about Lululemoneers? Whatever number you have, plus one, looking at me. <laughs> they are netting over $1.33 billion a year, so I'm going to extrapolate to say probably a lot. Yeah, a few. Uh, what would Lululemoneer tactics be within... 
the NCAA device. Uh, for an offense, you're looking at a lot of uh, yoga poses on Instagram. <laughs> uh, for defense, uh, speeding away for you in a Prius. And uh, wild card trait or ability, uh, Fatter Chip Wilson is a piece of shit. <laughs> uh, how about the kites? The kites. Uh, we're looking at, for offense, political activism, including civil rights, environmentalism, and gender equality efforts. Mm-hmm. Uh, for defense, we're looking at more of that good old-fashioned community building. <laughs> All right. <laughs> uh, active roles in building and sustaining the folks in their areas. And then a notable wild card. Church of All Worlds is a decentralized movement with no formal hierarchy. Mm. So specific practices and beliefs of individual members may vary. No head to chop off of that snake. Exactly. Or you need to get a really weird kind of (laughs) cylindrical cutting tool. (laughs) So let's toss them in. Yep. Add a little rosemary or something and like what do we set it for? Is this just a fucking instant pot, Jake? I don't think so. It's clearly evil all right send a check we'll set it for on we'll put the yogurt button what am i doing oh it looks like it's the church of all worlds has come out triumphant oh my god <laughs> very good that leaves very good one more uh one more pairing my goodness gracious the uh what division is it for the global this division? This is the global division. We're looking at Honohana, San Poggio, and Pua. <laughs> That's right. You want to so, lead with Honohana, San Poggio? These bad boys are a Japanese new religious movement that was founded in the early 1980s by Hogan Fukunaga. Hmm. Group's name can be translated as the faith of the flower of Dharma. Hmm. And the overarching core belief is that the universe is governed by a divine force that is known as the great universe. Mm. So, you know, just try to get in line with that. How about uh, how about you guys? How about the Puyas? Self-identifying as dating coaches and the seduction community, oh, Lord. pickup artists have been oh. around since at least the 1960s or 1970s when books about uh, how to get women began to pop up a whole lot. Oh, boy. The core pickup artist belief is that human connection is simply a prize to be won and that there exists a combination of bizarre antisocial behaviors that, when executed together in the right order, act as a cheat code that will make a person, typically a woman, abandon all executive function and get tricked into letting you attempt whatever your understanding of sex is with her. Gross. To defining features, you can recognize a pickup artist by their tendency to confidently do or say terrible or insane things under the belief that they know exactly what will make them desirable. Uh, They're likely to be cishet white men, typically describing women as quote-unquote targets, uh, their overall practice as a game, and their strategies as things that will raise their own value or lower a woman's quote-unquote value. Oh, boy. How <sighs> many pickup artists are there out there, Jake? The exact number will be too depressing to look up directly, but we can rest assured that there are definitely enough to continue to fuel and be fueled by a clearly pretty sustainable population of incels. Oh, boy. How many, uh, how many, uh, you guys? How many, uh, Honohana Sanpogyo guys? We're mm-hmm. looking at, uh, several thousand Wow. In Japan and around the world, they refer to themselves as flower disciples. Hmm. Not bad. What are they bringing to the table for this competition? I couldn't really find any offensive moves on record. They, they're they essentially meditating and sitting around self-reflecting and introspecting and just kind of, you know, being real chill guys. Mm. So nothing wrong with that. 
defensive maneuvers. Almost nothing but defense here. Peace, meditation, and calm connection with the divine. And a notable wild card. Uh, it says here some former members allege that they were subjected to abusive and manipulative practices. Uh, movement has also been criticized for its financial practices, which some observers have characterized as exploitative. So there's that. All right, my guys. Strongest offense, uh, negging. You always knew it was going to be negging. There was no chance it would ever be anything but negging. Uh, defense, sweatily churning out book after book, vlog after vlog, with the insistence that they have the guaranteed answers for a sure thing, despite, uh, you know, needing to keep make new ones that don't necessarily work. I don't know. Oh uh, wild card, trait, or ability, and almost supernatural lack of self-reflection. Wow. Let's see how they do. Cram them on we'll in there. In. Turn on for hour and a half, probably. Hour and a half, and then another five million years. There we go. Yeah, that makes sense. And it looks like the winner is Honohana San Pogio. Wow, very like interesting. They're the number four seed this competition. We'll see how far they can get. Very, very cool stuff. My goodness, what an exciting first block! The cosmic region. Cosmic region. Regionals are Regional. now complete. Yes. Thank you so much for listening in for this first chunk of our, our At the Mouth of March Madness special month-long tournament. Um, we appreciate <laughs> A title it. that we've only just now dropped, I believe. I said the top of this document. We did? Okay, never mind. Yeah. You did, but yeah. I forget if we said it. doesn't matter. Um, we appreciate you listening to any episode of the show, and uh, we especially appreciate if you tell more folks about the show. You know, leave a review, too. That's a oh, big yeah. help. Super cool. Next time, we will be tackling the galactic region. Oh, yes. So join us next week for a fresh 16 <laughs> and some My hopefully very exciting competition in the NCAA WCW w- <laughs> tournament of champions and calls, whatever. Okay, see you then. Bye. Bye.